Welcome to the Truth CSGO Podcast, episode 49. Today, Entz wins Star Series Season 6, Snacks Bench for Stico on Mouse Sports, Skadoodle steps away from CS, Gambit open to offers for Adren, Brolin to Fnatic is still a detained minds, and Optic India dissolves as their player is caught cheating on LAN. Hey guys, this is Electro. Hey guys, I'm Guardian. This is Daps. This is Nico. This is Nifty. This is Chris J. This is Fair. Godzera. Flusher. This is Kerrigan. Are you listening to the truth? The truth. The truth. The truth. The truth. The truth. The truth. CSGO podcast. The truth. CSGO podcast. The truth. CSGO podcast. Are we rushing in or are we going sneaky beaky like? Welcome to the Truth CSGO podcast coming to you live from Hong Kong downtown Hong Kong, and that is partly the reason why the gambling episode is not forthcoming. Uh, Amongst other reasons, well, I had to go to Hong Kong at the very last minute for work, but also I decided that this being basically my my opus, uh, it would be better to come on episode 50, right? Smack bang on episode 50. And so for those who have been waiting for it and are gnashing their teeth, uh, let me tell you, it is definitely 100%. In fact, I think I might have said it 100% last time. So it's 110% coming next episode. And let me tell you, it's going to be something special. We've got an interview with someone who bought land with their winnings, betting on Counter-Strike matches. We've got someone who didn't tell his wife about his gambling. We've got someone who programmed a gambling website at the age of 15. And we've got a man who embezzled over $800,000 from a bank to pay for his gambling habits. So that is coming up next. Another reason why uh, we're just doing news this time is because there's been so much news. Plus, I also have an assistant now, a young man called Josh reached out and is now basically my news editor which means I'm a lot more organized, potentially going ahead with the news. And speaking of news, let's just let's just barrel right in here because one of the biggest stories that uh, happened since the last pod is that Entz has won Star Series Season 6. So Entz, the all-finished team, obviously with Alu as the experienced figurehead, has finally bagged themselves a trophy. We saw them looking amazing at the start of the year, uh, a lot of potential, but also a lot of young players and a surprising amount of teamwork for such a young and fresh team. Well, they finally bagged the first trophy, as I said, and they beat Vegas Squadron in this tournament 3-2 and netted themselves $125,000 in cold, hard muller. As someone said on Reddit, uh, it's a lot of Red Bulls for Alu. And this is quite an unexpected victory. In fact, an unexpected grand final, considering Mouse Sports, Big, North, Optic, NRG were also some of the teams involved in this tournament. Uh, anyway, this is great to see from Entz. And uh, hopefully the start of their new run. Now, I should say, uh, Sergey, the 16-year-old Finn, won the MVP for this tournament. Him and fellow teammate Ariel were the top fraggers. And uh, this obviously is the beginning of a new superstar in the CSGO scene. So that's very exciting. Now let's move on. Uh, Before we do apologies, if you hear any um, sirens in the background, Hong Kong is just absolutely going crazy right now. It's a Saturday and uh, the Hong Kongians are um, partaking on a mass scale what seems to be the national weekend sport of shopping for brand goods. And apparently they are trampling over over each other and themselves to get at said brand goods. And there's been quite a few um, sirens today, even even, uh, 
even way up here in my hotel on the on the what is it the 12th 13th floor uh, anyway snacks has been benched from mouse sports and sticko has stepped back up so snacks if you recall was signed i think for rumored two hundred ninety thousand dollars only about three months ago the uh, results weren't forthcoming snacks had a rating under 1.0 i think it was like 9.94 or something anyway uh sticko is now back on the roster and uh, as I mentioned on Twitter, I think this is uh, this seems like a bit of the um, uh, it seems like a bit of the mouse sports players uh, getting guided by the community a fair bit. But then also, look, it's come out that Snacks wasn't really uh, wasn't really used to wasn't really um, interested in, in playing the sort of role that they wanted him to play in playing the sort of role that Sticko had been playing, where he was basically uh, I wouldn't want to say the bitch of the team, but the water carrier for sure. And uh, getting a lot of information and uh, sacrificing himself, basically, for the good of the team. Snacks is not that sort of a player and uh, didn't have anything bad to say about the guys in his twit longer, but did say that is not the sort of role I'm looking for. And look, we saw it in the games. We saw uh, Snacks, you know, uh, flashing through smokes, uh, doing some hero plays, doing some really unexpected things, which he's very good at. And that's obviously not the best type of player for uh, to replace that sort of a support player in, in Sticko. That's someone who's really thinking about himself and his own role and trying to do something unexpected. And uh, look, what's going to happen with Snacks uh, as anybody's guess and whether or not this will reinvigorate the team, I don't know. I said I spoke, spoke about this last pod, I think. Um, Sticko coming back to the team, you know, they've kicked you once. Unless he's a sick, total sycophant, which he actually might be considering his last tweet longer uh this wouldn't be a scenario that um would seem conducive to the team doing better than they were prior to kicking sticko that's for sure uh it was also pointed out in the week that sunny had liked all the uh, followed all the members of phase on his instagram except for carrigan um which seemed like a bit of a bizarre coincidence there's been there's been some rumbles of sunny moving on from mouse sports I don't think he would make a great addition to FaZe. And um, that's basically because FaZe at the moment just have too many strong um, riflers. And I think that's been their problem. People calling for Carrigan being kicked and whatnot is, is just beside the point. When they got Olaf Meister in, uh, they did actually lose the structure that they had that was working quite well. And integral to that structure was Kiyoshima actually being a support player for the other uh, star, more star players like Rain and Nico. When Olaf Meister came in, unfortunately, it was sort of a, a do-or-die scenario where you've got those four star players and no one really to be a support player for them other than Carrigan. And I think that's why we saw them do slightly better uh, with the rosters of Exist and Croman, with those stand-ins. And, um, and so kicking Carrigan, as people have been saying, or bringing in Sonny for him and keeping Nico as the IGL just seems like uh, you're doubling down on a losing formula. Anyway, somehow we ended up talking about Fnatic, uh, sorry, FaZe, when we should have been talking about mouse sports. But um, where would I want to see Snacks end up? I have zero idea. Let's move on. Now, bigger than news also is Skadoodle. The erstwhile North American Orper, who helped his team win the Boston Major, has stepped down from the competitive scene once again. His name is obviously Tyler Latham. Those fans out there will know his name very well. 
He's 25 years old and he's announced he will be taking a break from the competitive circuit. And in a video released by Cloud9 said he is just going to chill. That's nice for him. He's just going to have a bit of a chill. Things have obviously gotten a bit hectic uh, over the last few years. He's been up and down. There's been a lot of calls for his resignation. I think uh, Richard Lewis and Thorin basically called for him to just hang up the boots and uh, and and, and uh, admit that uh, winning the Boston Major was sort of as good as, as it was gonna, ever going to get for him. <clears throat> I always thought that was a bit harsh because uh, neither of those guys predicted that he was going to win that. And so for them to be predicting how his... Um, career would go from this point on seems a little bit rich um but look valid point he's obviously uh, agrees with them and um as i said this is the second time he's decided to step down from cloud nine in march he stepped down from the team only to return two weeks later after stewie 2k had been transferred to sk so we may see him come back we never know i think there'll be some skadoodle uh, cameos in the future um, but whether he ends up on uh, in, in a sort of shroud wonderland, just uh, streaming to a bunch of devoted followers remains to be seen. I don't think he has quite the same easygoing personality as Shroud. He's not quite as smooth a talker. However, he does have a large fan base and he could ride this fan base into the oblivion of Twitch. Uh, remains to be seen. You know, interestingly enough, uh, Skadoodle, not many people remember this, was named the 20th best player in the world in 2015. And during his time at Cloud9, he had a 1.15 KD ratio. So not as bad as people claim. Not as bad as people claim. Gambit has announced that they are open to offers for Adren. If you recall uh, last pod, uh, maybe a few pods ago, actually, they had decided that they were ready to uh, let Hobbit free from the clutches, from the cage of the uh, CIS team. But uh, Adren has also decided that it's time for him to... um, I I need a new analogy here. Fly the nest, fly the coop. His name is Doran Kistabayev. I really should have practiced that before uh, I started this pod. Doran, Doren, I'm not sure how you pronounce his first name. Anyway, he's been moved to a backup position, placed on the transfer list. Adren's 28 years old, so he is no spring chick. Um, and he did sign to Gambit in January 2016, so that's a long time to be with that roster. And it gives Gambit over a month to find two players to complete their lineup as they're going to make their next LAN appearance at the end of November which is the $150,000 Supernova CSGO in Malta. And that is the country, not the Australian player. Uh, a lot of people have been saying they would like to see a Dren end up on Na'Vi. And I think DK recently in one of his little mailbags said that uh, he expected a Dren would have gone to Na'Vi at least six months ago. He would have liked to see that anyway. And obviously it's Edward whose head would be on the chopping block, at least in the community's opinion. Um, I don't know much about a Dren's personality, I don't really know much about the guy's perso. Um, and, and for people who call Edward a support player, I, I believe it has come out in the statistics that Edward doesn't really throw more flashes for his teammates um, than anybody else in the team. I'm not sure whether he really would classify as a support player. And I'm pretty sure Adren is not a support player either. So would we see a resurgence in uh, PGL Krakow form if Adren were to join Na'Vi? Well, it's, it's quite possible. Would he be an upgrade over Edward? I'm not sure. Edward actually has been rumoured to be uh, somewhat of a voracious reader. 
and uh, he's been on my little target list for interviews for a while on this podcast. So we may find him uh, doing a little bit of a book club on this pod before long, if I can get my act together. Um, who would Gambit pick up in instead of Adren? Uh, well, we do have Markaloff, who is now wasting away on Flipside on his lonesome. Um, he might be uh, in the bag. Otherwise, there are a whole lot of young players, I'm sure, that I know absolutely nothing about. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what will happen to the remaining uh, members on that team, like Dosha. Quite uh, quite check it in their history. Uh, check it in a good way. But um, obviously, with no longer the opportunities that that team used to have, or at least had a year ago. Uh, so perhaps we will see the complete disintegration of Gambit in the near future. CS Summit has uh, been announced. This is number three. The organizers of CS Summit have revealed the eight teams participating in their third tournament, and they are NRG, Big, G2, Ghost, Heroic, Complexity, Optic, and Kinguin. If you recall the last CS Summit, which was quite a while ago now, it's basically just happens in a, in a big house in LA. Everyone pads around in their uh, ankle socks. This is going to be happening in uh, November 1st to the 4th. Uh, the prize pool is 150k, and the format's the same as the best, uh, the previous two. It's a best of three, double elimination playoffs. The grand final will be a best of five with the team on the top bracket with a one map advantage. So for all of those who like their CS a little more relaxed, it's been a while since we've had a, a, a relaxed tournament, actually. I think the last one was probably that uh, DreamHack, um, what was it? It was in that tropical island. DreamHack um, Mouse Sports won it. Well, one of those, um, oh, Mykonos, that was the one. Um, I think a lot more memes, a lot more spicy memes come out of this relaxed atmosphere. And it's it, it makes a good uh, break in the uh, relentless uh, seriousness of some of these more reputable lands. Although, as we have seen at, for instance, the recent Face It Major London they still try and uh, keep things spicy there. But I think there's a there's an aura, especially to these... Um, these, these things that just happen in a big house with the other, the other players sort of commentating the games that uh, provides a bit of relief. And I'd say your favourites here, probably uh, Ghost. I'd have my money on Ghost. They've been looking pretty damn strong for want of a more fruity adjective. Uh, especially, um, basically, this podcast's newest golden boy, Wardell who surely it's only a matter of time before he replaces, well, Skadoodle probably on, on Cloud9. I know Automatic's moved to the Orb now, but come on. Come on. When you've got basically the human lottery ticket that is Wardell sitting there waiting to be plucked by the organization who, as uh, has been reported recently, just got a $50 million cash injection to build new facilities. Surely this is the time when you uh, tap uh, old mate Steel on the shoulder Distract him for a second and yank Wardell into your uh, limousine and, and, and whisk him away before Steele even knows what, what has happened. Um, what's also going to be fun too is seeing Taz and his Polish brethren in a relaxed atmosphere like this. Taz is a bit of a meme creator. Um, whether or not those guys have what it takes to compete against, well, possibly a slightly uh, increasing uh, in form G2. Um, I'm not sure. 
Optic seem to be getting slightly better as well over the last uh, few weeks, which, let's face it, I mean, they couldn't have gotten any worse. Um, so this will be a fun... This will actually be a fun... Uh, Competitive-wise, it'll be fun to see who wins this because I think everyone sort of seems to be slightly on the same level. All right, moving on. Fnatic have announced that uh, Brolin is to become their fifth member. And... Uh, we got to remember that uh, Fnatic is actually a UK organization. I don't know why we should remember that, but I always just think of them as Swedish. But they're not. They are POMs. Um, now, they have announced that he is signed. He's actually already played some games for them, and he's, he's put up some pretty juicy numbers, actually. He seems to be quite the signing already. Him and Twist, if you recall, the other young, recent uh, Swedish signing for them. Brolin's uh, real name is Ludwig Brolin. So I think he just changed his last name, B-R-O-L-I-N, to B-R-O-L-L-A-N, because he's a bro on LAN, and uh, he wouldn't want to be confused as a family member of Josh Brolin, because who would? Uh, he has come over from Red Reserve. He's only 16 years old, but he's replacing Scream, who's obviously been standing in for Fnatic after Flush's departure. Scream is now uh, twiddling his thumbnails on uh, the Fnatic bench until the end of the month and um, absolutely no idea where he's going to end up. People are mumbling C9, but people people mumble a lot, don't they? They mumble a lot. Brolin is the second player in the space of two weeks to join Fnatic from Red Reserve, so he does have a teammate, an old buddy on the team, um, and he's made a very early name for himself, bursting into the Counter-Strike scene at just 15 years old by finishing in the second place team during the first series of esports reality TV series Gamers which would, in the second series, become the breeding ground for the latest Fnatic Academy roster, who, as you recall, were let go earlier this month. So look, my little complaint, I think, on the last part of the pod before, that Fnatic should have been taking uh, more of a risk on the younger Swedish players, was obviously heard by the uh, owners and management of Fnatic. Um, Obviously, they listen to this podcast, recommendations on roster changes. So that's very exciting to see. I'm very happy to see them do that. He's actually played for Fnatic before, in fact, as a stand-in for Crims at WESG, EU and CIS regional finals. And uh, in 2017, if you're not too familiar with him, he signed with Godsent, which was his first uh, signing, and then uh, linked up with Red Reserve in June 2018. Hasn't, you know, the results with Red Reserves weren't very good, but he was popping off. He did have a pretty good rating for the last six months, 1.12, and he was the highest rated player on that team. So I think this bodes well for Fnatic. we got J-Dub, Crims, Exist, Twist, and Brolin. So it's a little bit like the NIP roster when they got in Draken and Rez. A bit of young blood, a bit of an injection, and those uh, three older players actually have some sort of guiding and molding and, uh, uh, how do I say it, mentoring to do, which... Um, you know, when you get to an older and fruitier age, that becomes actually quite satisfying rather than just simply uh, taking accolade after accolade. Um, so this is good for Fnatic, and I think we're going to see them uh, slowly uh, improving. Now, Tainted Minds, the Australian roster, have added Eustillo, and he has replaced Tux in the lineup. If you remember, Eustillo was uh, unceremoniously booted from Renegades after they added Liez and Gratisfaction. He and Nifty 
left. And just before we get to you, Stillo, boy, oh boy, Nifty has not had an auspicious beginning. I think it was their first proper LAN outing uh, last night or the night before. Envy faced MIBR in two maps online. I think it was ECS or EPL or ESL or one of those acronyms. They lost both maps in absolutely atrocious fashion. As uh, we surmised, Nifty has not exactly stepped forward in terms of his team. But I suspect, having thought about it slightly more than just the uh, few minutes before the last podcast, Envy have probably created that team as somewhat of an entree into the scene get a little foothold, you know, build a reputation for treating their players nicely, probably quite short-term in the contracts, and then slowly build a team around perhaps some of the younger players, perhaps like Nifty, you know? Pick and choose, find out who's available as they become available, and uh, just replace players one by one. And, um, you know, there's a lot more money in the the NA scene these days. And so it's quite possible that that is uh, far more of a long-term project than we are thinking about. Anyway, back to Eustillo. Uh, we know him as uh, Eustillo, obviously, the lobster, Carlo Pivac or Pivac. Tainted Minds now, they have under, undergone some serious changes since the last player break. They added Seiko and APOC and uh, finalized the roster with Tux. And he, so he, he wasn't on very long, uh, less than a month, in fact. And I think it was more of an opportunistic thing because Tux wasn't playing too badly at all. In fact, he had slightly higher rating than Eustillo over the last three months, although over the last six months, Eustillo had a higher rating by 0.01. 0.01. We are getting very statistically sharp here on this podcast since the addition of Josh, the news editor. Going to bring you some really cutting-edge statistics. 0.01. Made all the difference. Tucked his out. And uh, in a little uh, statement from The Lobster, he said he is uh, super keen to get started ahead of the minor qualifiers and competitions coming up. And... Um, he says this is the most potential in this lineup than any other Australian team, along with me, knowing a few of the guys personally pretty well, being homesick after being away so long, trying to regain my confidence, and of course the situation I am in with Dad made it a pretty simple choice. If y'all don't stalk him on Twitter, old mate's dad uh, has a bit of cancer, so it's no good for him, but uh, good that he will be back in Oz to be around as the support player for his family. Um, said without a shred of, um, how should I say it, facetiousness. We've got to be around our family when shit like that happens. So it's good to see that he has. And actually, if you saw an interview with uh, Dexter, who um, you will remember was interviewed in this podcast, uh, he said that he reckons Tainted Minds has by far the strongest Oz lineup at the moment. And that the recent player changes have left uh, teams, formerly dominant teams like Order and Greyhound, reeling. Um, and so Tainted Minds will be under the microscope, at least on this pod, over the coming months. Uh, and and, and uh, hopefully they will live up to, um, to, um, to, um, to the confidence that players like Dexter have uh, instilled in me for them. <laughs> uh, now, Tux has put out a little uh, statement, as players uh, seem want to do, just... Uh, Iterating the fact that he is available. He is still keen. He's looking for some sort of role. He's actually said that he's also open to coaching. Uh, He's not that old, so I don't know why he'd want to necessarily hang up the mouse at this point. But uh, perhaps he thinks he might have a little more to give in the coaching role at this point. I'd actually like to see this happen, and it's not because I don't want to see Tux competing again. I think it's because Australia, the scene, actually has 
bit of a dearth of uh, experienced coaches. And uh, I do recall when I was speaking to some of the players from teams like Greyhound and Order, there did seem to be a little bit of, how do we say, leadership that was lacking. Even though they had IGLs, there was a little bit of sort of a team formation and cohesion that was lacking. And if we can get someone like Tux to start building his experience as a coach using what he's learned as a player, I think that's actually going to be what might push one of these teams that have traditionally been in a lower tier up to more of a level that can compete with Renegades. So actually, fingers crossed that he does end up in a coaching role. And like I said, perhaps Greyhound or Order are probably the best options for him right now as a coach. So onto the news that you've probably been um, right up on. If you've been anywhere near any sort of CSGO news over the past 24 hours, Forsaken, one of the players for Optic India, was caught cheating on LAN at the Extremes Land, A- Extremes Land Asia competition. <clears throat> now, uh, if you don't recall, just a little bit of background. Optic, of course, are the North American organization, but they got into the Indian scene, what was it, less than three months ago? Uh, decided to sign a bunch of players who were sort of the, the dominant team in the scene at that time. They went on pretty quickly to win Optic ESL, sorry, Optic ESL, the ESL India Championships, which netted them, I think, about 15K. And they were looking sort of as, uh, I think they were already in the top 10 teams in Asia region, and they were looking to establish their name against teams, especially at this tournament, like uh, Five Power, MVP PK, um, Boot DS, those sorts of teams. Um, now they weren't doing too badly, except they had a game against Frostfire in the elimination. In, in sorry, in the group stages, and uh, during that team, the admins picked up a little bit of suspicious active, but um, because they lost that particular game, they didn't do anything. And then the next day, they were playing a team called Revolution, and uh, the first map, I believe, they won. And then the second map was about halfway done when a very long pause happened. <laughs> the admins came out and uh, old mate Forsaken who uh, if, look, if, 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 if facial hair could um, demonstrate one's guilt then uh, he should have been sent to the gallows long ago uh, but he, he wouldn't let the admins touch his computer and was alt-tabbing to another program that he had running in the background and deleting files anyway they managed to drag him off the PC went into his temp folder and found a program called word.exe which was actually a cover for a program called EasyFrag that he'd been running they immediately disqualified him and Optic India from the whole competition and uh, shortly after Optic India completely disbanded (laughs) and Optic uh, released the entire roster and withdrew from that country completely. So this guy, how old is he? 23 years old. His name is Nikhil Kumawat. Uh, actually, I, I may be pronouncing that entirely incorrectly. Um, <clears throat> has ruined what, what might be. He might, might have ruined this uh, India's chances for having proper sponsorship and team money for quite some time. Uh, A lot of people saw Optic moving into the scene as a bit of a gamble already, Uh, but this this has obviously done nothing good (coughs) for the scene. Uh, Now, what's also a bit bizarre is that this guy was 
suspected of cheating for quite some time. And uh, Ben Tet, the IGL from Tai Lu, came out on Twitter immediately and said, yeah, we knew he was cheating for two years. Everyone in the Asian scene knew. Um, and there's some suspicious clips of him that have arisen from two years ago in uh, some sort of puggy match online where he was obviously, uh, well, at least it seems like he was obviously um, aimbotting at that time as well. So, look, even though the captain of Optic India issued a statement, I think basically immediately saying none of us were aware that he was cheating, uh, it seems quite suspicious that you would not know that your teammate was running a program behind his Counter-Strike program when you are sat beside him at a LAN. Um, look, it, it could be it could be one of those things where um, what's the, what, who are the, uh, uh, the the Madoff the Bernie Bernie Madoff's family? If you don't know who Bernie Madoff is, Bernie Madoff basically stole six billion dollars from investors. Um, he was running one of the largest pyramid schemes, I think the largest pyramid scheme in history, out of a, an investment firm that he uh, he owned in New York City, and uh, and the, the family managed to evade legal repercussions for that. Despite the brothers being involved in the, um, the the brothers, the sons of Bernie Madoff being involved in the uh, heist, we should say, because they just pleaded that they did not have any idea what was going on, and uh, this seems to have been the scenario in the Optic team, or at least they would they would have us believe. Uh, it did happen that the um, the sons of Bernie Madoff, I think at least one of them, or the eldest son, killed himself. I think Bernie. Did Bernie kill himself or try to in jail? Uh, let's hope there are no suicides to come from this. Although I think um, old mate Kumavot, Kumawat, Kumawat will be uh, having a cry in his hotel room. Um, I wouldn't show my face. In fact, you know what? I, I think I'd at this point I'd probably change my name, get a bit of plastic surge, and um, quite possibly just move to a different country. Um, because this is a this is a large amount of disgrace for one man to bear, and uh, it kind of beggars belief, doesn't it? As someone pointed out in Reddit, even if you'd been cheating all this time, you do not—I mean, you do not use a cheat at LAN. You know, if you've gotten this far, you're on a team with a salary, you're representing like 1.3 billion people of India. I think I think I got that correct. Um, and even if you kind of, even if your skill isn't good enough, really, to um, to give you the sort of performance that you have been getting already, like at that point, you just pull up your socks and you go, "Look, I've made this, uh, I've made this um, opportunity for myself. I've got to go clean. If I don't go clean, my life is over." Um, I feel for the guy though. How how desperate and how scared must he have been to have been doing something like that? Can you imagine the, uh, I mean, let alone the fear of when he was discovered, but the fear before the LAN, for him to have done that and risked everything like that, he must have been in a uh, pretty precarious mental situation. So, look, you know, no, no, uh, he shouldn't be let off the hook by any means. But, um, I mean, poor guy, seriously. What, what do you, what, where does your life have to be to do this in a LAN? Anyway, uh, do I think this is a do I, do I think there should be more um, there should be more uh, investment in the India scene? I actually have zero idea. 
probably the best people to be following and listening to if you are interested more in the development on that scene is Blair. Blair, of course, you've seen him casting some uh, events, some bigger events recently. He's been in the Asian scene for quite a while and involved with So Strong, who are like uh, sort of like an FPL or face it over there. And uh, of course, see us go to Asia, which leads me to one of the juiciest segues ever to occur on this podcast. So it brings me great joy to announce that we have officially partnered up with CSGO to Asia. If you don't know CSGO to Asia, it's CSGO number two Asia. They are the premier news site for Counter-Strike across Asia. These guys were the ones to break this story about Optic India. That promptly broke their uh, website. (laughs) They weren't used to the amount of traffic they were getting. Um, I met those guys at IEM Sydney. They were lovely dudes, and they've reached out to ask whether the Truth Podcast could be their official podcast. I said yes, and now it is. So if you uh, are interested more in the CSGO scene in Asia, as I said, they're the guys to go to for your info. And uh, if you uh, have trouble ever finding the Truth Podcast, you can do so through their website. Now, we have quite a few tournaments coming up. And uh, let me assure you, dear listeners, they will not get in the way of the gambling episode. But we have Epicenter in four days. We have Summit in uh, 13, Blast Copenhagen in 14, IEM Chicago in 18. And thus ends basically all of the news. I think this is going to be quite a short podcast. I never really know how long they're going to be. But I will just leave you with uh, one of the most amazing emails I've ever received in my 34 years on this earth and this is just going to be me swimming in my own hubris i guess so you could you, you look if you uh if you've got better things to do end the podcast here if you don't have anything better to do and you're sitting around on a saturday afternoon in your jock strap with uh, half a tinny in your hand and the sprinkler going and uh you're you're trying to block out the cicadas and the sound of your um I don't know, whoever in your family is trying to get your attention, listen on. So I got a lovely email from this guy. Uh, I won't name his name. He knows his name. He is a self-described 33-year-old perma silver. <sighs> I feel this pain. Um, and he said he really loves the podcast because uh, of my raw and intimate insights into the inner workings of a 21st century man. He said, I'm the right combination of openness, articulation, conscientiousness, and introspection to properly lay out my contemplations in profound and meaningful ways. He said, your podcast has led me down many rabbit holes of pondering my own mental state and has helped me to come to some positive conclusions. I want to thank you. I don't know what your download numbers look like. Let me tell you, they're big. Uh, But I look forward to many more episodes. And if you ever transition to a different genre, I'd be a quick subscriber. Thank you for putting yourself out there. Your actions are a net gain for humanity and a net gain for the CS community. What a what an absolutely incredible email to receive. For someone to say that my actions are a net gain for humanity is, I think, the single most incredible compliment I've ever received in my life. I don't think uh, I've ever had a, a, a girlfriend or a, a parent or a teacher who's ever said anything so nice. So th- thank you, sir. Um, you have warmed the cockles of my heart. <laughs> I've used that expression a few times on this podcast, and I don't think it really makes any sense, but um, you understand what I'm saying. What I would like to say is that I, I, I am interested in doing a lot more 
stuff about life, to be honest with you. Um, the news stuff is... Uh, look, one of the reasons I started this pod is because at the time, there was a uh, there was a, a podcast that did really quick news. I forget what it was called. Um, it was a... Oh, I forget what it was called, but they did really quick wrap-ups of CSGO news, and I loved it because I could kind of get get what was going on really quickly, what had happened in the week, who'd won what, uh, who'd been traded where, and and it kind of ended quite abruptly just as I was really enjoying it. And they only went for like 10 minutes, um, and uh, I think you can still find them online. Anyway, once that ended, I was like, well, someone should be doing this, and that's kind of partly the reason why I did it. However, there are quite a few more podcasts now. I will say, though, that... Uh, to discuss news, but I will say that this is actually the longest-running CS:GO podcast, longest continuous running, I should say. There's a few ones that have been running as long or longer that have had large breaks, um, but it doesn't interest me to do the news as much as it does to talk about life and stuff. So you'll find a lot more talks about life and stuff in the future. Unfortunately, I can't really do them because uh, always because like. Um, the current situation, I'm um, overseas, uh, I'm in my hotel room, it's a bit impromptu and um, it takes a little preparation, to be honest, to, uh, to get my thoughts together and put them, put them, put them, put them in, a, in a cohesive enough way that uh, good people such as yourself would want to listen to. Um, but I promise you there'll be more of that stuff. I'm not looking to uh, change my focus at any time soon. I'm not going to skip to any other genre. I find it actually quite... Um, I find a bit of a perverse satisfaction to draw some parallels between kind of a, a random video game like Counter-Strike and, and life. Uh, I think there's any any number of frameworks you can look at life through. And uh, <laughs> I just find it fun to do it through CSGO. I don't know. You could do it through LOL. You could do it through Dota. Um, but, you know, there's something... I think there's something quite lovely and perfect about Counter-Strike, actually. I think it's sort of reached somewhat of a zenith in online shooters in terms of the way it's balanced and its timelessness and the, uh, yeah, just the, just the, just the, uh, just the perfection of its, of its team play. Um, finally, what I would like to say is if you have any questions, not necessarily about CSGO, but about life, or things that you'd want me to discuss. I don't think I have the answers to much, to be honest with you, uh, about life. But if you have any things you'd like to hear me ponder, please please send them through. They could be about um, anything, actually. Relationships. What have I talked about? Relationships, addictions, uh, self-esteem, uh, teamwork, toxicity, raging. Um, send them through. The truth at the truth csgo.com through Twitter at the truth csgo. Or through the website, thetruthcsgo.com. And if you like the uh, podcast, chuck us a review because um, the other plebs out there actually read them and it affects my rankings apparently on iTunes and whatnot and uh, gives me a bit of visibility. And the more visibility I have, the more potential uh, this podcast will perhaps one day reach some sort of critical mass wherein I do not have to fork out the um, thousands and thousands of dollars to host it. I'm just kidding. It's, it's only a few hundred bucks. But... Um, in the meantime, enjoy the game. Look forward to the gambling app, I promise, 110%. Fingers crossed. It's coming next week. Ciao.